Welcome to the Dream Centre Manchester, where we trust the ministry of Pastor Tony Higginson and the team will challenge and inspire you to become the move and be the demonstration. We warmly invite you each Sunday morning to join us for our family service, but for more information or to subscribe to our podcast, visit our website at thedreamcentre.co.uk. If you've got your Bibles, go to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Matthew, Mark, Mark's there after Matthew, before Luke. Reading from verse 17. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked. What must I do to inherit eternal life? So at this point, the man realizes he has a different need in his life. Are you there, church? What must I do to obtain? So he recognises he needs something he doesn't have. Have you ever been at that place? Yeah? So Jesus responds by saying, Why do you call me good teacher? Jesus knows who he is, but he wants to know why the man calls him a good teacher. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud, honour your mother and your father. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. And I'm amazed at the next statement. Jesus looked at him and loved him. It could have been so easy just for the writers to say, and Jesus responded, or Jesus looked, or Jesus heard. But he says, Jesus looked at him in my Bible. He says, Jesus looked at him and loved him. So Jesus saw into the man's heart. He just didn't hear his words like many of you and I do when we're talking to each other. Jesus went beyond the words and saw what was inside the man's heart. Yeah? And he said this, All these I've kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack. He didn't say one thing you need. He says one thing you lack. And Jesus made a clear distinction from need to lack. Go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Come follow me, he says. And at this the man fell face down. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? This is a very powerful scripture because very often we get caught up in the world of need. And Jesus deals with the world of lack 
Now, the world of need very often is a world that is beyond us and surrounds us. But the world of lack is internal. Yes? Very often the world, the world of our needs, our human needs, can often be those things that surround us. Rather than when Jesus spoke about the lack, he dealt with the insufficiency of inside the man's life. And right now I'm looking at a group of people who have outside needs to a measure already met. Many of us have a home, we have food in our stomachs, we have an, uh, a measure of money in our pockets, we can, we can go and do things, we can go for a meal, many of us can do, we live okay. So many of our needs are already met, but even though many of our needs are met, many of us still have insufficient lack on the inside. How many of you would agree? So in the world of perception and perspective, in the world of perception and, and perspective, we tend to think we need mo- what we need most is often closely related to the outside. But actually, what we need is often, very, is often connected to what we actually lack. To think and expect all my needs to be met. Think about this for a second. To think and to expect all your needs to be met physically can be somewhat unrealistic. I do not expect Carol to fulfill all my needs. I speak to every married man. You do not look to your wife to fulfill your needs. If you are a Christian, you must look to Christ first. Because what you lack, do not expect your partner to supply what you lack. What you lack, you must find through Christ and through other things. And I'll show you them in a minute. Because you married her based on your strength, not what you lack. And I give my wife my strength. I give my wife my strength. I, if Carol lacks the same thing I lack, I can't blame her for not giving it me. You marry on your strength not on your lack. And here's where so many relationships go wrong. They blame somebody else. They're always blaming somebody else for what they don't have and expect the other person to supply. It's wrong. You go into a relationship with strength. And if you haven't got any strength, don't go into the relationship until you've got some. And I've just set the captives free right there. My needs, my needs, my needs. It's selfish. To think and expect my needs to be met can often be delusional and and, unrealistic. To think that if God meets all my needs, 
God will meet all my needs. Now, I know, you're, I know you know the scripture. So I'm going to say this even though I know that you know that a scripture, that my God meets all my needs. Good. So if you know that God meets all your needs, look to him for them. But to expect all your needs to be met by God is wrong. Despite what I've just told you. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm not contradicting scripture. I'm giving you clarity on it. Okay? Because you're going to say, now I'm ready. Give me that clarity because my Bible says. Okay, yeah, my Bible says it as well. But I'll tell you why you're reading it maybe incorrectly. You have more than just human needs. You have areas of your emotions and your psychological life and your relational life and your spiritual life where you have deep, severe lack. Would you agree? If you don't agree, just ask your partner. And in those areas where you suffer lack, you can suffer. And the person connected to you can also suffer because of your lack. Your lack, not their lack, your lack. You see this? And we have and we live with distinct lack in key areas. And to you, they could be a blind spot. But to your partner or to your work colleagues or to your pastor or to your circle of friends, they are wide open. And you don't see them, but they do. So you're saying God doesn't meet my needs when really God needs to deal with your lack. Because you can't see what others see and what God sees. Have I got any witnesses in here? So just contemplate for one second areas of lack and need. Let's just go to IQ. How many of you lack certain intelligences in certain areas? Got me hand up. Got me hand up massive. No, am I stupid? No. Do I do stupid things? Yes. Doing stupid things doesn't make me stupid. It makes me stupid to a point, but I'm not totally stupid. Right? I might need wisdom, so we say it was stupid. No? Yeah? All right. Yeah. I'll give you. Yeah. I'm stupid in that area. But I realize there is insufficient lack. Sorry, there's sufficient lack in my intelligence in certain areas. So I need to go and study. My need is to study. Do you see that? So I then go and do something about my lack if I see it. Now, pastor in a church, I realized when I came into, the, into this role, I had more lack than I had thought I ever had. Because it only takes one person to come to me and explain the problem they have, and I may not have no intelligence in that area whatsoever. But you think I'm going to fix you. But you're wrong. Because I'm going to point you back to Christ. Because I'm not your therapist. I'm your pastor. Now I feel relaxed at that level to say, go and work it out. But I need you, you're my pastor. No, you don't need me, you you enjoy your, uh, me, but you don't own me. I work for Christ. We're on, the spot, we're on the same team. I'm not there for you. We're here for him. Come on, get this. Get this right. 
Are oh, you going to be offended? That doesn't mean say I don't help you or encourage you, but I can't fix. Now, what I can't fix, I can only encourage. But you've got to press into God to get fixed. It's not my job to fix you. You know why? Because while I'm fixing you, I'm fixing me. Because sometimes people break people. Have you ever thought you might break me? And then I go to Carol and say, Carol, they broke me today. And I say, fix me. Why not? You're supposed to fix me. She says, it's not my job. Learn how to fix yourself. Sounds tough, but it's right. And I've realized in my IQ intelligence, there are things that I lack. And I'm going to show you, it's okay to live with lack. To a point. To a point. Then I know, let's go to another one, EQ. Your emotional intelligence. There is, I have worked with Christian people for many, many years. And I see this to be the number one area in church. Not so much intelligence, it's their emotional instability that tends to derail most Christians. It's not their intellect, it's their emotional, their inability to understand emotional intelligence. How to understand it, manage it, and implement it. And this is the number one, number one area, I think, in church life where... We really have to get a grip and ask God to come in and really help some people to work on their emotions. Because the emotions is what's destabilizing many Christians. Yeah? We each have need and we each suffer in certain areas emotionally. Now you can go through a season. And for some people it seems to be a constant. It's not just a season. Then we have what we call spiritual intelligence. Now I can have spiritual intelligence and spiritual intelligence is where the Holy Spirit speaks to me. And he speaks to me and he overrides my IQ and my EQ. And once I've got the Holy Ghost speaking to me and let's just say Carol's got lack and and I'm the Holy Spirit and she says, Father... And she starts complaining about a lack and she starts complaining about a need. And the Holy Spirit overrides her soul and her emotions. And he says to her, deal with it. So now the Father, through the Holy Ghost, has spoken directly to Carol. The spiritual IQ overrides the IQ and the EQ. The spiritual IQ is what brings the soul into a line with the Spirit. And when people do not function by SQ, all they will do is rely on IQ and EQ. And wonder why they can't, they don't grow. I am an emotional person. Are you emotional? But I'm not emotional to the point where I'm falling apart. I can be passionate. I can, when we, took, we, we baptized Nimrod this week, we took him to the Etihad Stadium, we baptized him in blue waters. It's the first requirement when a man comes into the city, into Manchester, we take him to the Etihad and we baptise him in the name. (laughs) I'm joking, we don't baptise him. And I started singing next to him. And he's looking at me singing, this Englishman's weird. Well, it's true. I'm emotional around football, around sport, I'm very passionate. 
I, I make no apologies for singing and dancing when my team score. And I make no point apologies for crying when my team lose. <laughs> but everything has to be kept in perspective. I realize when football he is not good for me, so I don't watch it. I don't even have the Sky Sport package at home. Why? Because I know that I'd watch too much football and it wouldn't be good for me. I'm spiritual enough to know what my IQ and EQ needs. It is. So every now and then I borrow my mother-in-law's. <laughs> I'm smart enough to know that there's free TV down the road. But no, I don't have the Sky Sport package because I know that's not good for me. Or my pocket. <laughs> so... I know that many churches suffer because they have low spiritual intelligence. And when in spiritual intelligence, we don't mean knowledge. I'm talking about maturity and depth in God. With knowledge, obviously. And then we have what I call PAQ. I didn't teach you about that one on weekend. PAQ is prophetic apostolic intelligence. That's what the church, that's what we all need because the, the, the New Testament church was it functioned with apostles and prophets, or prophets and apostles. They give us the spiritual intelligence we need. And they deepen it and develop it in us. And with the prophetic, we see the future. With the apostolic, we build to the future. Yes? So every church needs the prophetic and the apostolic. That is an intelligence that most churches don't have and most believers don't have. And this is what stops people from advancing the kingdom. So, to have all your perceived material needs met, and to have a modicum of religious need met, this, don't forget, this man had, he kept, he kept the law, he kept the commandments, the man we read about in Luke. He had an element of spirituality. Spirituality. Yes, he had intelligence. He had his material needs met. He was a wealthy man. But yet inside him, he lacked certain things. And he lacked, he lacked intimacy. He lacked reality. He, he lacked understanding of his real need. His real need was he needed eternal life. So in all his religiosity... In all his efforts, in all to keep the law, in all his wealth, he still had lack. And Jesus said, one thing you lack, not one thing you need. Because you seem to have all your needs around you in a row, but I'm looking what you lack internally, because I'm dealing with the internal man, because the internal man is where the lack is. The external man, very often, is where the need arises. And you've got to know the difference between what is a need and what is lacking your life. Because your external accumulations will not fix the internal issues. How do we know that? People with money spend vast amounts of money buying things to appease them in the soul, but they never do appease themselves because what's lacking is internal. So they buy themselves girls or fellas, they buy themselves gold, they buy themselves glory, and they try and do all these things, but they never deal with 
the lack. And only Jesus can deal with a man's or woman's internal lack. And that's why he says, I set the captives free. And this is so, so important. So often we're praying to God about our need, but our needs are delayed because we will not allow him to address the lack. So do not let your lack delay your need. Good preaching, Sona. I'm amazed how many believers live. They have Christ, yet they live with no peace. They have no peace. So they think they need more church. They need more messages. Need more counseling. No, that's not your need. You lack the principles of applying what you've been listening and receiving. If you understood how to apply what you've been receiving then you'll find that your lack begins to diminish and your need has been met. Can you see this? You've got to think reverse. So many say they have the word of the Lord living inside them, but mentally, psychologically, emotionally, they have no inward control as to how they think or they feel. And they're always subject to their feelings. This is not good. Let me say it again for those who may not have understood. This is not good. The Spirit, one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. And how do you develop self-control? By learning to control self. How do you develop the fruits of the Spirit? By learning to a better management of self. If you manage self, yes, you'll, you will fail in certain areas. But as you keep on doing it, you will get self-control. And it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And what is God looking for? Fruits. By the fruits you shall know. So when you show no self-control, you show me that you have no self-control. And if you have no self-control, why should people trust you? Come on, think about this. The man who cannot control himself is dangerous. We expect everybody else to control their feelings except us. You're all very quiet now in this, in this temple. So then many believers have the Holy Spirit. They sing in tongues, they prophesy, or they say they prophesy, they say they have the Holy Ghost, and they enjoy great worship. But the Holy Spirit is unable to guide them. You sing, you stand here and you sing and you have your shabba shabba do. You tell me you speak in tongues. Oh, I'm full of the Holy Ghost. And then your lifestyle is one of that you cannot be led or guided by God. So all this is, is just an act. So what do you lack? Well, you lack the ability to be led. You lack the ability to hear, to apply, and to maintain. Hear, apply, and maintain. So what I'll do is I'll get on the phone and I'll keep asking somebody else and I'll waste their time. No, hear, act, and maintain. 
Let me say that again. Hear, act, and maintain. When Jesus comes back again, you know what he's looking for? Faith. Will there be any faith on the earth? So when he looks at you, will there be any faith inside of you? One thing you lack is faith. Right, Lord, but I need this need. Lord, I need this new job, but one thing you lack is faith. Lord, I need this. We need more finance. Lord, I need my son and my daughter to be saved. I need a breakthrough, Lord, but what do you lack? The ability to trust God. The ability to stay in and apply what God has given you to push in the breakthrough. Come on, church. This is how we raise mature believers. Do you know me telling you this is, I'm living this and I have lived it. And I will continue to live it. I'm not telling you to do anything that I haven't done myself and I'm not doing myself. Do you know, I have very, I have very few people I can pick the phone up to. I do not have RAC on my phone. Rescue and collect. I do not have, what's the other one? AA. I don't have that. <laughs> I don't have 10 friends. I'm a poor. I don't have 10 friends I can ring up with enough wisdom to get me out. I'm not a celebrity and get me out of here. I have a heavenly father. I have a good wife. I have a good leadership. I have a good spiritual dad. And you can ask Jonathan David how many times I've rang him up, and I bet you won't get past three. So, why? Because I'm not on the phone to him. Why? I do, I tell you to do what I do with him. What, I, what he says to me, I go away and work it out. But, pa, but, Papa, I can't do it. I, I, shut up and grow up and work it out. That's what I do. Well, that's you. No, that's us. So many believers lack the ability to think. You react, but you don't think. Mm. Think about where you're at. Take stock. This man had all his needs met, but he still lived with lack. Still lived with lack. He had everything on the outside going on, but internally... He had to work it out. No wonder he was sad. And Jesus was saying, come on, let's strip away all the stuff on the outside to get to the inside. Exactly. Let's get to the, the heart of the issue because the heart of the issue is the issue of the heart. And he got to the issue of the heart by dealing with the heart of the issue. In truth, many believers subtly hide behind their needs. And use their needs as an excuse for not progressing. You will not find it in scripture. I'll say it again, it's so strong. Many people use their needs, their lack of their needs, as an excuse for not doing and not progressing. You will not find that in scripture. Deal with the lack within you and the needs will get met. Scripture teaches us this. I have many lack and I have a lot of needs. And you know, the more I push myself on God, the more my needs seem to be taken care of. And the more my lack gets ministered to. Yeah? So let's look at the woman at the well for a brief 
We've got a couple of minutes. Let's go with it. Let's go to John chapter 4, verse 6. So I've given you the principle. Now let me show you the practice. You say, all you're talking about, the man in, in the... In, in the uh, what's, what scripture was it? Mark, sorry. You'll say, the man in Mark was a spiritual need. Okay? And, and all he needed was salvation. There was other needs, other, other lacks, and other needs he had. I'm glad you pointed that one out to me. Let me show you a different lack. To show you the principle of scripture. God deals with your lack in order to address your needs. Let's go with the woman at the well. John chapter 4 verse 6. Jacob's well was there, it said. Now let me just say this before we read this. I'm getting ahead of myself. She thought she had a need. This woman thought she had a need. But Jesus said, no honey, you have a lack. And I will show you through your need, your real lack. So let's go in, in the story. So reading from verse 6 of chapter 4 of John. Jacob's well was there and Jesus tried, uh, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour when a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? So her perception thinks that Jesus has a need. Her perception is Jesus has asked her for a drink, so therefore he has a need. No, he didn't. He was using it as a gateway to get into the conversation. Right? So she's going to the well because she needs water. She thinks Jesus is at the well because he also has a need of water. So they're addressing their physical needs. Can you see that? They're addressing a physical need. And Jesus knew that by asking this woman for a drink, it was socially, scripturally unacceptable. Samaritans did not mix with Jews. There was a racial issue going on, scriptural issue going on, all kinds of issues. It was not good thing, good practice for me, for Jesus, I should say, to go and speak with a Samaritan woman. Jesus, knowing this, Cuts right across political correctness. Hats off to Jesus. So he knew he had to cross a cultural boundary to address the lack in this woman. So will you. The first cultural boundary you will have to cross is the one in you. The one inside of you is the first cultural boundary you will have to cross in order for God to address your lack. Because we are all cultural. I am English. We have African in here. We have different nations from Africa. We have Australian. We've got Romanian in this room. We've got Europeans. We've got, where are you guys from? Hong Kong? Hey, Hong Kong. We've got Asian. So we have different cultures in this room. So therefore, we have different expectations of what we think we need. Yes? So... God has to cross your cultural boundary and you have to allow God to cross your cultural boundary in order for God to speak to you and address you. Because you expect God to move according to your culture. God doesn't do culture. God does heaven. God does kingdom. 
And that can be quite disconcerting if you are culturally minded. I've realised God does not wear a bowler hat and an umbrella and swing it and speak like an Englishman. He doesn't. And God doesn't wake me up in the morning and say, Hello, Tony. How are you this suspicious morning? No, he doesn't. He just says, All right, son. He doesn't say, Salam. He doesn't speak to me other than in Mancunian. You want to try it? Sounds good coming from God's mouth. All right, son. So the first scripture we read, Jacob was there. She was tired. Jesus was tired. As he was from the journey, he sat down at the well. It was about to go at the sixth hour, and the Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? So, Jesus addresses the issue of perception and perspective. So when God crosses the cultural boundary, the first thing he addresses in you is your perception and your perspective. Your perception is what's messing you up. Your perspective is helping you, is, is, is what's causing you to draw the wrong conclusion. Well, I don't see it like that. That's your problem. I only see it this way. Perception becomes your reality, but it's not necessarily the truth. Mm. Perception may be your may become reality to you, but it's not the truth. Because the moment I can put a pin in your bubble, you have to get a new perception. Do you see that? Do you see that? So part of my role and Phil's role and Paul's role is just carrying pins. To burst people's perception and bring them into clarity. That's part of the ministry. And by bursting your false perception, we hopefully help you arrive at a better, clearer perspective. Now, my needles do not push you in the eye. I don't push, you know, put them in your eye. But we do have to sometimes pop your overinflated ego. So, perception and perspective are very, very key. To how you view God and expect God to work with you. Good morning, church. It's amazing how many believers think it's, you know, it's God's right, it's God's, it's God's responsibility to do this. Tech prophecy is a classic one. People think because they've got a prophecy, it's God's job to work it out and bring it to fulfillment. That's your perception and that's your perspective, which is wrong. If that was a needle just gone in... Praise the Lord. <coughs> this lady has lack, but her perception has to change. So, let's go pick it up at verse 10. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was who asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Ah. Ah, ah. So all of a sudden, you've came from you've come for physical water, that's your need, that's your perception of your need, 
But living water is actually what you like. Ah, but that's the same as the other fellow. Carry on. Stay with me. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, uh, with, and the well is so deep. Where can you get this living water? She still thinks Jesus has a physical need. She's wrapped in her perception. The woman has a water pot, and she has the potential to supply to her own need. Jesus has no water pot, and he has no lack. What would you rather have, no lack, or just your needs meeting? I think I'd rather have no lack. So Jesus has got internal water. She's got external water. Jesus says, I don't need this external stuff because I've got food and drink that you know nothing of. He already told his disciples that. So I've got an internal supply that will reach out and minister to your lack. But you just think you're going to keep coming here for water every day and just expect this well to minister to your need. When really I can put an end to your lack. Can you see this? So it all depends on your perception of what you need. So, here's the key issue. Inside the woman was emotional lack. Psychological lack. It wasn't physical lack. It was emotional and psychological. Oh, I'm glad you, now you're on the page. Let me tell you. There if, the story reveals the principle so well. Though the woman thinks she has a physical need, she has emotional lack and spiritual lack. Let's go to verse 15. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I won't get thirsty and won't have to keep coming to draw water. She thought Jesus was offering her a solution to her physical need. Jesus was not offering her a solution to her physical need. Jesus was to use the, the story of water to address her spiritual lack and her emotional lack and her psychological lack. I hope you've seen this. The woman needed water, but she lacked spiritual perception because she didn't know what, who he was and what he was offering. Yeah? She perceives Jesus, first of all, as being a Jew. Just a Jew. Then she perceives him as being a prophet. So she keeps shifting in her perception of what she thinks he's offering her. Sir, I can see that you're a prophet. And Jesus says, and much more. Lord, and then she sees herself as an historian. She says, I can see our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim this place. So now she's got some historical data and she's thrown out Jesus. So she doesn't know he's not, he's not just a Jew. He's not just a prophet. Now she's an historian and her mind's flicking everywhere. Just like yours does. So she can't draw the right conclusion because her perception keeps shifting just like many of ours does. Can you see this? And all the time, Jesus, all he asked her was for a drink. And so much confusion and dialogue. Just. So when I go to the serving hatch and I say, can I have a cup of tea? I'm just asking for a cup of tea. But when Jesus says, can I have a drink? He's got a different agenda. Yes? 
You might say to me, do you, have, do you have sugar? No, I don't have sugar. I don't need sugar. Do you have milk? No, I don't have, don't have milk. I don't need milk. I just want tea. Just give me tea. But Jesus goes deeper. So let's go. The woman thought Jesus was offering her. Listen, the, Jesus, the woman then thinks Jesus is offering her a method. So many charismatics want a method. Give me this water so I won't have to keep coming here. What is the technology I need? What is the method I need to adopt? He said, honey, it's not a method. It's a principle. So much of the church wants to work by methods. If I just do this, 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 will that work? No. Why? Because the power is, behind, is in the principle, not in a method. Hello? The principle can be wrong. The method can produce and get you to the need, but it doesn't mean to say the method's right. So let's go to verse 16. Of John 14, let's go to verse 16. He told her, then he comes right to the heart of the issue. Go and call your husband and come back. Now we get into... Now we get to the issue. Because now the conversation shifted from water to a private life. Go and get your husband. Now that puts him in a different terrain. Now I'm going to deal to you. I'm going to speak to you holistically. Spirit, soul and body. Over here we were talking about water. The physical need. Now I'm in the spiritual terrain and I'm looking right through this woman and I'm telling her what she lacks. Go and call your husband and come back. Credit to this woman. Just like that, this Leeds manager who said, I didn't cheat. You know this new manager that's just been spying on how the other team was training? In England they don't say that's morally, ethically. They say it's wrong. We call it cheating. It's cheating. But here the woman says, I have no husband. And Jesus says, Jesus replied, she replied, Jesus said to her, you're absolutely right when you say you have no husband. And then he says this, the fact is, you've had five of them. Now, forgive me, if you've had five husbands, they weren't all his fault. Her fault, I should say. They weren't all his fault. Those divorces were not just one person's fault. There is fault in her as much as in the other partner. Right? There is obviously emotional lack, psychological lack, because she couldn't keep hold of her relationships. Five times. So what's broken the first gets carried into the second. What gets carried into this, what's broke and is unfixed in the second is accumulated and carried into the third. What's broke, damaged, and you get the picture. It's compound pain, consequence. She's got five blokes she's been married to. And guess what? To add insult to injury, she's now got a fella. And the one you're with is not your husband. So she's had six blokes. Six men in her life. None of them have been able to fix this woman's lack. Emotionally, this woman is hurting inside. 
Why do you think she went to the next husband? She went to the next husband hoping that he would supply what he didn't. So she goes, she opens her heart, she lies with him, lays with him I should say, not lies with him. She lays with him and then he causes the damage, so now it's compounded. So she goes to the third fellow and by this time she's got no trust, no belief. Her heart's been ruined, her trust has been ruined, she's in a mess. And Jesus could not have picked a greater conversation with a greater woman who, who suffered with lack than this woman. He waited and, and got the timing just right to address the lack in this woman. And Jesus, my friend, will always bring you to a place and start a conversation with you that you think he's not going there. You think it's just going there. And God sets it up. It's his call, his divine plan. It gets you to a place, starts a conversation, and before you know it, we're not talking about what I thought we were talking about. We're now dealing with the issue. Many of you have had relationships. And on the surface, watch, on the surface, you think you have had your needs met. But you still live with lack. Emotionally, psychologically. So when it comes to spiritual stability, there isn't much of it. Why? Because you've not allowed the Holy Ghost to minister to the lack but you just keep saying, God will supply all my needs. God will supply. Listen, supplying and dealing are two different things. I can give John money. I can supply his lack. But he's got a gambling problem. Highlighting. Not saying you have. <laughs> Illustration. For those on tape, John has not got a gambling program. And a problem, I should say. This is an illustration purposes only. Please destroy this after this message. So John has got a gambling problem and I keep giving him money. I'm not addressing his lack. His lack is why has he got a gambling problem? All I keep giving him is his need. So when someone's on drugs, they rip everybody off, keep feeding the need, feeding the need, feeding the need, but the lack is behind it. People who keep getting married time and time and time and time again. And the, and, and the relationship doesn't seem to last long. Don't get married. Sort your lack out. And Jesus deals with this woman. Do you know why? Because in that area, going back to the Old Testament, there was a Dina. Was it the sons of Manasseh? I think it was the sons of Manasseh. They had one of the girls from their tribe was raped. And all the men of the town got put to death because of, I think it was Manasseh, one of the sons, goes and revenges his sister. So Jesus, hundreds of years in the future, goes to address the issue. The woman that was disgraced many, many hundreds of years ago, now this woman, through this woman, she goes into the village and the whole village gets saved. So Jesus redeems what was lost hundreds of years ago Amen. through one conversation with this woman. You seen this? Go and call your husband. I have no husband, she replied. You're right when you say you have no husbands. The fact is you've had five 
husbands, and the man you have now is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. The moment of clarity came to this woman. Now, all of a sudden, she's thinking, he's just hit me. I can't process it all. I can't process it. He's just exposed me. This man is more than a Jew. This man's just more than a prophet. This man is more than what I perceived him to be. And she runs back. But there's something in this woman that begins to tell everybody in her town. Yes? And everybody in this town are so amazed at what she's told them. They come out. They get saved. But this is what they say. We believe not just because she told us now, but we've seen him. So this woman became the entrance into the need. The need was the town. The town needed setting free. It needed redeeming. Can you see that? The need was beyond this conversation. The town needed redeeming. But he had to go and deal with the woman's lack in order to address the need that was in front. So if God can deal with your lack today in you, What needs can he fulfill and meet through you? Church, this is a sobering thought. Let's stand to our feet. Put your hand on your heart, if you will. And let me read you one scripture. And as you're thinking and meditating upon the Lord... I'll read this over you. And I'm trusting the Holy Ghost. As I read this, the surgeon will go to work. For the word of God is living. And it's active. From the moment we came in here this morning and we spoke, we lifted up our holy hands, the word became active in this room. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. Now here's the issue. It penetrates. But who will allow the word to penetrate them? Even to divide in the soul and the spirit. The spirit has to be addressed in order for the soul to come into alignment. God has got to speak to your spirit, not just your soul. And he speaks to our spirit so that our spirit can speak to our soul. And it divides soul and spirit. And it goes, the word goes to the joint and the marrow of you, the individual. And it judges your thoughts and the attitudes of your heart. Nothing in all of creation is hidden from God's sight. Right now, when this word is allowed to penetrate inside your heart, nothing can be hidden. Everything is, in cover, everything is uncovered and it's laid bare before the eyes of him who we must give an account. So the question is, what's really driving your behavior? I want you now just to think in your heart and say, Father, my perception, say to the Lord, my perception has to change. My perspective has been wrong. I've so caught up in my needs that I've missed completely what I lack. 
because I can't handle some of, if you did meet my needs in certain places, I, my lack would destroy the very supply that you bring to my needs. Example, if you lack emotionally, psychologically, and you need a husband or a wife, when that husband and wife comes, you'll only destroy what God gives. Because your lack is undoing what God supplies. The woman thought she needed water, continuous water. She thought Jesus had no technology to draw water. Her perception was wrong. So now Jesus has to readdress it and bring it into alignment. That's exactly what the Holy Spirit is doing this morning, in this room, right now, in this place. So let him say, Father, bring me into correction. My needs are not my needs, really. It's my lack I need to speak to you about. Go on, speak to him. I'm just going to give you a couple of minutes. I'm not going to pray for you. This is something you have to do. My job was to supply the word and lay it at your feet. Holy Spirit, we need your alignment. We need your alignment, Lord. We have so much confusion in our hearts from time to time. So we, we ask you wrongly. But you're merciful to us. You bring us into clarity and you bring us into alignment. You supply so in, you supply the word to us so that we can address what's lacking in us. And Father, from this moment, I ask that everyone in this room will come into soberness. And they'll get a true perception and perspective of what you're saying this morning through your word. I pray for those who have been messed up by relationships. To think you can have that amount of relationships and not be damaged is wrong. Open up your heart and say, Father, this could be a key to why I have been struggling so much. And I'm asking the Holy Spirit who revealed it to deal with it so that ultimately it can be healed. I'm asking you to deal with my emotional lack, my insufficiency, my IQ, my spirituality. I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, you're my teacher. You're the counselor. You're the one who leads me into all truth. So, Father, from that statement, I ask you, lead me into all truth. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a standing ovation. The Lord bless you. Don't forget tonight, we just need to put these chairs away for tonight. The toys don't need to come out. Listen, I want to encourage you to listen to this message again. Seriously. Because God will not move you beyond this point.
This is a game changer for many of you. Hello? It's a game changer. So change the game. Amen?